Welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under and a very happy episode that we can finally come to you after a victory. So with me to discuss the thrilling result is uh, Brad. How are you, Brad? Good, thanks, mate. Hello, everyone. And I've also got Dan. How are you, Dan? Um, I'm in much higher spirits than I have been the last couple of weeks. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting actually thinking back to um, we sort of sensed there was a chance against Middlesbrough. We sort of, I think we were tipping 1-0 or something scrappy like that. So it's great to get over the line, no matter what the manner of the victory. I mean, I think it was a bit of a scrappy second half. But um, Brad, I'll start with you to discuss this one. Um, we had the good news before the game that Malik Wilkes had signed permanently for the club and um, no better way to celebrate that than with the winning goal in stoppage time. Yeah, look, and I mean... We're not used to people actually wanting to, to join us or, yeah. or stay on with us. So it was a refreshing way to, uh, to to lead up to a game. But, I mean, look, probably the best thing that I can say from the Middlesbrough game, and I must admit I didn't get to watch all of it, but I got to watch a good 75% of it, was there was times there where we just got battered, mm. but we, we hung on. And that's something we haven't done well, in long stretches in games for for a long time, we've always conceded sloppy goals and not just one. Um, but to be able to hang on and then pinch something like that was, well, it was about time. Yeah, and, and I mean, Dan, Brad makes a good point. I, I remember I switched on the game, you know, it would have been about the second or third minute whenever that penalty was given for them. And um, they had a lot of chances after that, but, but you know, sort of as Brad's saying, we, we managed to hold on and, and didn't concede again. So... Um, despite the fact it was a pretty scrappy second half, I guess, positives to be taken? Yeah, I think there, there obviously were um, positives. As, as you have both mentioned, it was pretty um, pretty dour football to watch. It wasn't um, particularly attractive uh, from us. Uh, and I don't think Middlesbrough were great either. They certainly created more, I guess, chances, but it was pretty, it was pretty scrappy all around. Um, <clears throat> they got a... Uh, they got that early penalty, and then it wasn't long. It was maybe ten minutes after that that we equalised. Um, Fantastic free kick with a with a with a great free kick. Um, and it's just unfortunate that um, he's now injured and out for the seat and gone for the season. Um, I think there's talk. Talk McCann's trying to get him for next year again, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll no, it'd be great if we stay up and we're able to get him again. But yeah, I don't think there'll be many players who can claim to have been ruled out for um for the season with an injury twice in the same season. <laughs> but it's not much, not been much luck for poor old Herbie Kane with that. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously it was it was great to go into halftime um, level, but um, sort of as you've both said, with the um, chances they were creating, I think especially down. Um, I mean, it was sort of down Elder's side, to be honest, which is a little surprising when um, Pennington's probably the weaker of the two fullbacks. But, um, yeah, you know, able to withstand their goals. And then it came to that 91st minute, and um, I was sort of drifting off to sleep watching that second half. But that winner certainly woke me up. 
Uh, and yeah, you know, great to just hold on for those three points. And um, Brad, what did you make? I don't know if you would have seen the uh, comments from um, Neil Warnock after the game where he basically said, you know, no disrespect to Hull, but we shouldn't be losing to a club like that. <laughs> Always nice well, to get um, a bit annoyed, isn't it? Look, he's a stroppy bugger, isn't he? But <laughs> look, in the end, I mean, I suppose if you look at everything on paper, um, yeah, sure. You know, we've had our own issues and all those sorts of things off the field. And we still forget that this is a new manager, relatively new manager to us, lost his best players in the in the summer, um, has had no reinvestment. You'd be pretty peed off if you were a rival manager that you do lose to us because you should mm. be looking at us as three points. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that they've got their own issues and they are where they are for a reason too. So I wouldn't be throwing too much mud around uh, until maybe you can get your team to stay up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then I guess the other interesting element I sort of touched on with um, with Elder going off injured meant that Lopez slotted in at left back. And Dan, what did you make of uh, of his work there? And obviously he, um, he lined up there again in the next game against West Brom, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But um, just in terms of our personnel, looking a little bit thin down back now. Um, yeah, I, th- I don't know. I guess it, that was, let's see, I guess, I mean, it worked. We, we didn't concede <laughs> again. Uh, we, we got through that game. I honestly didn't think that he, he would play Lopez there um, again in the following game. But um, it, yeah, I don't know what else there is really to say about it. Apart from it, it, it we, 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 got, we lucked out and it worked. And I guess they didn't, um, they obviously didn't, I guess, no pay enough attention or you know attack because I, I reckon if they put a lot of traffic and, and some extra bodies down that side then Lopez probably wouldn't have coped but um, I don't know maybe they were just getting frustrated with how things were going and weren't thinking um, clear enough or something but yeah I mean and look it's a bit interesting because I know there was a few suggestions that we should have thrown on uh, I guess either Tafazoli or maybe Mc, uh, McLaughlin or someone like that but um, you know, you look at Pennington down the right and maybe you'd want someone a little bit more mobile than a typically a centre-back. Um, and, I mean, I guess Lopez has played right-back or right-wing-back for us earlier in the season. Um, it, it's certainly going to be interesting to see. I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, Elder's back uh, for for the uh, Bristol City game tomorrow morning. But um, whether we look at pushing Lopez over to the other side and replacing Pennington and... Um, you know, we'll talk about that West Brom game in a second, where he he wasn't, we didn't, he didn't put in a great display. But um, just just from both of you, I guess I'll start with you, Brad. In terms of what this victory means for us, do you think? I guess also in context of of Wigan having that points penalty, which realistically puts us four points or three points clear of the uh, drop zone now. I think. Uh, where do you see this placing us? Do we still need another four or five points? Is this sort of the impetus that can kind of get us going? Yeah, and I think, look, I mean, let's face it, it's three points. It was massive um, in the scheme of things because it's been a long time between drinks for three points. Um, I still think we're going to need more than we, we actually think we do. I always say we're not safe until, you know, it's all said and done. Mm. Um, I'm still a little bit scared for what may or may not be coming uh, our way and whether that's the Wigan situation or not, who knows. But uh, I still think probably the only thing that, we should have some faith in is we beat a team around us um, and that's something we haven't been doing in the past. We've won the games we shouldn't and always drop points against the teams we should be trying to 
knock off all the time. So I, I just like the idea now that that actually gave us hope. I think most of us thought before Middlesbrough that if we don't get three points, we're done. Um, and if anything, it was probably the fact that rather than giving Middlesbrough three points against us, that three points and obviously leapfrogging them now means it's it's game on for us. Yeah, definitely. Dan, Dan what do you make of the situation? Do you sort of, um, I mean, I guess it's interesting. I guess Barnsley are on uh, are on 42 points so they are um, three po- you know three points behind us essentially four points um, if you want to say that they're essentially in 22nd place if we're assuming we can drop down into that 24th spot how, how do you see the table looking for us now look I think the game against borough could well turn out to be um, the other pivotal point in this second little section of the season um, I think the game against Birmingham, that three-all where we let them back in twice, um, had the potential to be like to just con- to be catastrophic and to continue that. And I think if we had not got the points, if we'd not actually got up and got that last that that late winner against them, um, I don't think that the, we we ended up with a really strong performance against West Brom. And I don't think that would have been the case if we had dropped those those points again. Even though like realistically on how the game played out against Borough, it probably would have been we're probably talking about a point gain more than points lost but I think in, in the context it, it's going to end up as a very important um, three points yeah I mean it seems to be pretty typical city that um, you know we'll be fighting against relegation we'll go to a Sunderland or a Burnley or, or whoever and we end up being the side that drops the points and the other side gets up so very refreshing against Borough to be the ones on the right side of that result and Dan, as you, as you touched on there, we'll talk about that West Brom game now. And it was a game that really could have gone one of two ways. And, and as you say, probably dependent on, on how we went against Borough. But to, to come away from that game, you know, we were never really expecting to get much out of it. But to, to show the attacking intent that we did, to score the two goals, probably shows that the boys are really starting to get a bit of, bit of confidence now. And, and you know, it, it gives us a lot to take into these next few games against Bristol City and Millwall. Um, I'll start with you, Dan, on this one. Um, obviously, so I, it was it was one nil to West Brom, then one all, then two one to West Brom, then two all. So there was two times in that game where we pegged them back and we looked as if we could go on and get something out of it. I mean, Wilkes had that great run where he weaved between a few players in the box and then his shot went wide. But um, obviously, just a really promising display from the from the boys. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. I think I, I was pleasantly surprised by how well we played and how quickly, like how quickly we went at them and, and how much um, we, we were causing them problems. So it was really nice to see, I think, um, an honourable mention because yet again, we've slagged off Honeyman in the last couple of weeks and he actually <laughs> came out and against West Brom was um, his, his set piece delivery um, was outstanding. He was everywhere and tackling um, and doing all the things that we sort of maligned him for previously. Mm. So he actually came out and had a really good, a really good game. He was actually really impressive um, <clears throat> for me. I think that moment you, re- you referenced with Wilkes get, getting in on goal and, and skying it, um, I think between that and I think it was a Terrell... Um, yeah, had a really yeah. strong option opportunity as well between those two, um, those two misses. I think they cost us a point. I think if we'd have got those goals, um, I think it would have changed the complexion um, of the game um, because we, we we were building all that momentum at that point. If we'd have scored those goals, we take the ascendancy. 
I don't know if we'd have then been actually properly carried on, but um, but I think then West Brom got the third, um, which was the Grisicki goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, Pennington was just well out of position, and you just you can't cannot afford. I know he didn't have a great day at the office, but I, I think part of that is. You know, he was up against Grisicki. We know how dangerous he can be. So he did not have an easy task, but I think particularly on that goal, he didn't do himself any favours. Um, and then Brad, <clears throat> Wilkes with, I think it's now six goals in 11 games for us or something like that, um, sort of touched on it with the Borough game as well, that clearly, I think, I think you know, and I sort of said it when, when um, the news came through that he'd signed permanently, it, it must be such a weight off his shoulders as a young guy. He's only 21 to actually have his permanent future resolved and not just be here on loan, not thinking he's potentially going back to Barnsley where he's not playing games. He's, he's here permanently for at least two years. Um, he must be, you know, I'd assume he must be at least enjoying his time at the club if he's come in here on a permanent deal. Um, and he's loving his football. Two goals in two games since signing permanently for us. Yeah, and look, I mean, that's what we sort of say at the start there too. He's obviously really wants to join us. You know, mm. we're not the most desirable club <laughs> across all areas. But I think probably the thing that maybe showed some, you know, sometimes you just need a little spark with something. And getting back to Dan's point about how big the three points were at Middlesbrough, we actually looked at times, um, and it's obviously when you're celebrating a goal, you look better, but we actually look more like a unit. The guys yeah. really want to play. And maybe this big gap in the season's actually done us well because we were on a hiding to nothing um, now maybe the players are realising we're in it a bit together, uh, whereas other clubs might have had naturally that unity anyway. But the fact that we're sort of talking about Wilkes and losing very admirably to West Brom is a huge turnaround from two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fact that I think the players genuinely think, all right, we play together, um, we go to you know effectively the league leaders or potential champions and are disappointed to lose four two and actually think that if we didn't make a couple of mistakes we could have beat them, is a massive turnaround. Um, and I I didn't get to hear it but I did read that their manager had a, a few, I won't say he was glowing about us but he was actually talking about the pressure they felt they were under. Yeah. Um, and that's something we haven't had for ages. We've been a walkover at times this year and not just times probably majority of the time. Um, and to actually think, hang on a minute, we're against the league leaders or thereabouts, we can actually have a sniff here and try and, and I thought, attack, openly attack them, um, was, was brilliant to see. Yeah, and I think it was um, Jake Livermore who spoke to Phil Buckingham after the game and said that he didn't think we'd be in any trouble, and uh, I mean, look, I think that's, it's, sometimes it's easy to say that when... Um, you know, if, if, if you're seeing us in this one-off performance, yes, we looked really good in that. You can't imagine how we're down in the position that we're in, but we are for, for whatever reason. So there's clearly other, other issues that we need to kind of get together. But as you say, we're starting to look a lot more like a unit. We're starting to enjoy our football. Players seeming to be gelling in the formation. Um, one player who's, who's not necessarily been um, at his best in the last couple of games, Brad, was um, Pennington at right back. And... Um, it, it still boggles my mind when we think of the fact that we let Lehigh leave the club when he was the only recognised <laughs> right back or the only senior right back in the club. Um, what? And I sort of touched on it before, talking about Lopez potentially playing there, but what, what do you see as the solution to this issue that we have where, um, especially when Elder goes down injured, we don't really have any fit fullbacks? 
Yeah, I think it's it's a worry. I mean, we all said that we were obviously worried with with some of the departures that we had, but I think coverage is everything, and and knowing where. Uh, at times, anyway, I think, especially against West Brom, there was times there where maybe Pennington's, uh, maybe it's a lack of comfort, whatever it is, he's not quite there. Mm. And so what that does is it's keeping keeping um, the centre backs a lot more vulnerable. And I mean, I know they made their own mistakes. Certainly, Geordie made a shocking error leading into that it's first, the, the first um, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a shocker, but. I don't know. I mean, you look how open we looked at times. Um, it's sort of like the back, our back two were on their own. Um, I, I, yeah, there's there's a problem there. I don't know what it's going to take to fix it, but probably the only good thing I would say is is that if that is our problem, is is who should be playing at at fullbacks, um, then that's not a bad problem because I think in the past we've had that real issue through our spine. Yeah. No one up front holding the ball. No one really marshalling the troops through the middle and and obviously down back so um i don't think it's a huge problem and i'm not certainly trying to discount the value of fullbacks but i'd be a lot more worried in the run in if we weren't seeing well i'd be more worried if i see geordie make another mistake like that Hmm. in a crucial game Hmm. Uh, but look i don't have the answer i don't really know technically there is no cover yeah I think I mean like I think McKenzie could be playing there, but uh, you know apart from that game against Chelsea, I don't know if he's necessarily stood out a whole heap this season. Um, interestingly, reports overnight were that we've supposedly signed a deal with Thibaut Villon, who is a free agent, uh, having left the second division in France, uh, was part of a World Cup winning under twenties team with. Paul Pogba, so I think they kind of, you know, look for any sort of glimmers of optimism about his ability. <laughs> um, he's a, he's a right back, he's an attacking player, so um, look, you know, at least it, at least it's a positive that the club's identifying that we obviously have needs to fill in the squad. Um, mm. Wouldn't be able to play until next season, but um, at least there's there's something there. Um, Dan, um, in terms of positives as well from from the performances from the players um another great performance from um Magenis up top um and then as we sort of said honeyman's come into the side and, and looked really good in midfield as well so we're starting to get a few different options in our squad and you know when we talked about during the um during the lockdown we talked about the ratings of the players for the season so far um we weren't as glowing for some of these players but they're really putting their hands up in this second half of the season yeah, I think we've we've spoken uh, several several times at least throughout this um this season about who should be our first choice um, striker and 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 we I think both of us <clears throat> often leaned towards Tom Eaves as 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 the go to guy but uh, whatever has happened, Magenis has come out and he has staked his claim and then some because he has basically since we've resumed has been. Um, Far and away, the better option up front. He's creating. He's creating more. He got a goal. You know, um, he's he's doing a lot of good stuff. So, um, I think there's perhaps it's just a lot of players who are um, maybe they're just getting their opportunity, a real mm. opportunity now. Or, or this is, I don't know, with with the the season coming to an end, and perhaps there's you know guys on sh- on shorter contracts or or whatever, and and you know they're they're doing their bit to try and you know for themselves or maybe they are you know 
altruistically. It's just you know the, the club's in a poor position and and they they they're just trying to put their hand up and, and carry us through. So, w- whichever case, I'm I'm happy with the result anyway because, as you said, as I said, some of these guys that at times we have been fairly disappointed with their performances for the club um, are really playing with their heart on their sleeve at the minute um, and, and some really good performances are coming from that. Yeah, definitely. And we've got two games to look forward to in the next seven days um, to try and get a few more positive results. And um, we sort of touched on it a few weeks ago with the Bristol City game in particular being quite an interesting one where they, especially now that they've lost to Cardiff, they um, they really can't really make the playoffs. They can't be relegated. Um, they've sacked their manager. I, I don't, I, I understand it because of the poor run of results, but whether it's to bring in a new manager to give them a, a bit of a run-up to next season, I guess, might be the logic. But I can't imagine it's going to make too much of a difference to where they finish off this season. A um, few names that have been linked. We've got you know Tony Pulis and um, Chris Hewton as well. I think Hewton's actually put his hand up, um, or at least there's been media reports to suggest that. It's probably, unless he gets appointed as we go to air, um, I don't think he'll be in the dugout for the game tomorrow or overnight because I think we're actually, I think we're playing at 2 a.m. tomorrow morning, which um, might be a bit of a challenge for me to get up for, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, Brad, what do you make of um, Bristol City as an opponent, especially one who've just sacked their manager and what sort of response that might lead to from the players? Yeah, well, that's, that's my worry. I always like if we play them before they sack the manager yeah. or we're part of the cause for it. We, but, we, we, went, um, we went on a run back in, I don't know, it been about 10 years ago now where I could have sworn we got managers sacked almost, you know, every other week. Back in Oh, that, look, yeah. no, no doubt, no doubt, you know. There's, there's Losing still, the whole city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we know as well what it's like to have a caretaker manager at yeah. times pull a team together. You know, like you only have to look at, um, uh, I can't believe I've forgotten his name. Uh, Phelan. Yes, thanks, mate. Jeez, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> um, you know, that, that first game against Leicester, it's still one of my favourite games because yeah. no one gave us a chance. The players probably thought, well, who cares? We're just going to have a crack. Um, and, and look what happened. So I'm, I would have been happy if Johnson got the sack after our game. Um, but I still think probably the, the thing that holds us in good stead is we're a team that probably think, I hope anyway, that we actually don't belong Although the data says we should, we don't feel like after West Brom anyway that we should be in the bottom three or four teams. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, Bristol are a bit scorned. I still think Bristol will be thinking they can make playoffs. We know that it's near on done, but until it's done, they should be still thinking about how far to go. And who knows what players are coming up for contract, out of contract, new manager, too many variables that, a positive mm-hmm. for them. Um, but I, I don't mind the fact that hopefully they've got a caretaker this week who's actually going to try and change things up. And obviously that throws them out a bit and it's good for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan, how do you see it uh, with, with the new manager bounce potentially for, for Bristol City? And um, I guess as a broader question as well, how, how do you see us lining up? Do you see essentially trying to keep the same sort of players in that were good at West Brom or... Um, obviously, I mean, Samuelson up forward wasn't too effective against West Brom. We might see a little bit of rotation. Yeah, um, certainly an interesting one. I think, I mean, we you only have to look at Borough, what, a fortnight ago. Warnock came in, they won, you know, then obviously we took them on the second game. But um, so w- whether they, whether Bristol 
has the same success um, with their changing of their changing the guard. But I think I read that whoever's ta- whoever who, who was in charge at the minute basically because I think it was right after the game that Johnson got the sack. Yeah, and he basically told all the players just they got like they got the weekend off. They got oh, told right. you know go go home, spend time with your family, process this. So. Um, I don't know. They'll, they'll, they might they might be fresh, but it may count against them. Um, it's just a, it was an, uh, just an interesting thing that I that I read, and I thought, okay, um, I guess obviously no one was really that maybe none of no it was sort of a bit left field. No one was probably really expecting it, but I think they yeah something about uh, it's been a, a few years where they've failed to make the playoffs, and mm. and that was really what it was. But such a strange like it was yeah it's a strange time to pull the pin um, considering like where they are if they're you know mathematically alive but realistically not um but yeah i don't know i think in terms of changes probably it's mm, yeah i think sam samison was was particularly disappointing for me i thought he would have shown a lot more given the chance i thought he would have just offered something because in some of his little his the cameos he's had previously he's looked quite dangerous but he really didn't didn't offer a lot um Again, um, Ken Lewis Potter, you know, got plenty of game time, and I thought, you know, showed, um, you know, played quite well. So perhaps he gets, perhaps we can we can finally get the start that he's been yeah. um, crying out for on that um, left side. But if not, it's probably probably James Scott would probably actually he's probably going to maybe go back to James Scott to start again. Um, Elder, if he's fit, has to just has to come back in. Yeah. Um, what you do with Leo as you per, um, proposed, whether he goes over to right back um, and give Peno a break, or whether he, I, I'd probably just prefer him to go into the midfield. I think that's really realistically his strongest position, and we look stronger when he's in the middle. Um, <laughs> other, ch- I don't. Yeah, I, I, that'd probably be my only real. That'd be my only um, suggestions for personnel changes. And I actually forgot, I was just having a look, that uh, John Terry was another name linked with the job, so that would be a very interesting one. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, the talk about Bristol City not really... Um, you know, for a few years of having had that promise but not being able to go on with it, it always just reminds me of the fact that, of course, playing them back in that 08 playoff final, like, you know there but for the grace of god goes us sort of thing where um if if fortunes were reversed we could be that bristol city side that have just sort of stuck around in the championship for five ten years and, and not really achieved too much so um always an interesting fixture against them um brad do you see i mean um obviously like a potential change to one of our wingers um elder coming back and at left back is there any other sort of changes that you'd like to see to the side no, look, I don't think you want to change too much. It would be more just about, you know, the fitness of the players getting through the short turnaround times, that mm. sort of stuff. Obviously, that's the whole problem with this division is managing that personnel. And we know that we haven't had abundance of that personnel together. Yeah. Uh, but look, I think at the moment you make as minimal changes as you need to on the basis that this is still a winnable game and we want to put the best possible team together this week because you know there's no point just planning for next week yeah and i and it's it's interesting you say so this is this is a winnable game we need to um for, to focus on and, and sort of bringing in this um coming game with millwall as well um I, I wanted to sort of ask you which you see as 
the the more important game to focus on or are they both i guess equally important i mean Millwall up in 10th so they're arguably a little bit more in with a shout for the playoff places they're only five points off the playoff places with um with the five games still to play they're, they're going to play tomorrow morning as well as us so um do you see because we sort of had this discussion last week about the borough and west brom games where quite clearly the borough game was more important so if there was going to be any squad rotation it would come against west brom these two games it's a lot more tricky because they're pretty much of a muchness. Do how how would you want to see any any sort of prioritization of the games, or is it just a, you know, here's, you know, Terrell, Honeyman, and Stewart. They'll get central midfield in in one game, and you know, Lopez uh, and whoever Batty and someone else will get the the minutes in the in the other game, and it's just a you know roll of the dice. Yeah, I think I think you've just got to play the next one. Yeah. Um, and that is that you know that something could happen on the training ground or something where you've allowed a guy to rest this week. And I still remember going back to uh, when we were in a promotion type um, phase a few years back. We still, even those midweek games, we'd make a couple of minor changes, mm. but we would still have the same core, and it would just be a matter of managing their time depending on the result. I think we've got to basically say, look, at the moment, there's no Millwall game. It's just all Bristol. Yeah. Um, we take them on and some of the cards will fall certain ways for the Millwall game anyway. Yeah, definitely. But uh, Dan, how do you see that Millwall game coming up? Do you sort of, it, it's all just focused on Bristol City. So we've got them, at, so it's actually, so 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. So that's an even more inconvenient time. Um, 3 a.m. has got to be just about the worst possible time for a football match because it's, you know, a bit too late to stay up for and a bit too early to get up for. But um, we've got so Bristol City tomorrow morning at three AM, and then Millwall midnight on Sunday. So it's actually quite a short turnaround for the uh, for the boys. Yeah, I thought um, I was having a look, and, and I noticed that um, Borough plays Millwall after us. Oh, sorry, no, uh, plays Millwall tomorrow. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, and I was going, oh, that, interesting. Like I think you look at that and you go, oh, contextually, then like you know we need to win the Bristol game because. Um, and, and hope that Millwall gets the job done against Borough that, you know, opens up that gap a bit more. And it's just having fixtures. We just reverse. So we play um, Bristol, then Millwall, and they play Millwall, then Bristol. Oh, right. Yeah. Super so, tough. yeah, just uh, just an interesting sort of thing. But I think the old football adage, you can only take it one game at a time. So you have to focus on Bristol because it's the next one in line. If we pick up the points, you know, hopefully... Um, as happened this morning, a few results, you know, went our way. Hopefully, Millwall gets the points against Barra tomorrow. Um, we open up that gap. Then we look at the look at Millwall, um, and hopefully, we can replicate that, and we can get up over Millwall. Barra um, falls to Bristol. You know, all of a sudden, the 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 state of play is is a whole new game. But I th- that's obviously a, that's a best case scenario. But yeah. Um, I mean, I, oh, yeah, I think you just have to look at Bristol first because it's the next game in line and, and don't worry. And you can't worry about what what really realistically what is happening elsewhere. Um, it's just a side effect that we get to deal with um, when we get a chance. Yeah, definitely. And I've, I've also just noticed that we're playing Wigan at 3 a.m. next Wednesday. So might have to organize for the uh, podcast to be a little bit earlier next week um, to, to account for that. But we'll... We'll see how we go. Um, so just before I let you guys go, um, I'll start with you, Brad. Do you have uh, well, score predictions or just a result prediction for, for these two games? I think uh, I think we will beat Bristol. I think 
it'll be 2-0, two 2-1, two something like that. But mm-hmm. I, I think against Millwall, we'll get a point. But okay. still, four points from the two is pretty damn good. Four points from the two, would you almost mm. start to think about safety then? Uh, look, I would, but I know what those last couple of games are going to yeah. look like. I know that we've got dangerous Luton somewhere in there, yeah, and I hate yeah. playing the bottom team towards the end of a season. Um, and I think we've got... Oh, there's someone in the top four, I think. Uh, so we've got Wigan, then Luton, then we finish off with Cardiff. Yeah, so look... I, I still don't know if we really know we're going to be safe, depending on what really Middlesbrough do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan, Dan, what are your predictions for these two? Um, well, coincidentally, they're almost identical to Brad's. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about a two a two one victory over Bristol is probably. I, I just I would really love a clean sheet, but yeah. it just seems that every time we look like we might be capable of it, we just then we just give away a goal somehow normally off a bloody set piece or something but um yeah i think i think 2-1 over bristol and then probably like a scored one all or something against millwall but um yeah it'd be very interesting to see how you know the teams around us continue to go because so far i think we've been fairly fortunate with the um results for the teams around us so if we happen to break away a little bit from that we could actually well almost be safe after these two games yeah i mean i think bristol uh, barnsley and luton had a uh, draw this morning which helps us and then middlesbrough and stoke and charlton have all been losing a couple of games lately so that that all sort of helps us if we can continue to pick up points i mean as you say talking about clean sheets i think the stat is that we've conceded the second most goals in the division but we've scored like the fifth most or the sixth most of any team in the division so we're we're involved in a lot of high-scoring games, which is probably um, a pretty common theme for us over the last few seasons. At least I remember that second half of the season, um, um, our first season of the championship with Adkins, where it seemed like we were having, you know, five, five draws with Bristol City, you know, um, appropriate for our opponents now. But we have had, have had some pretty crazy matches lately. And look, yeah, I'll, I'll I'd love to take a 1-0 win against Bristol City just to get that clean sheet, to give the defence a bit of confidence, get the three points. Um, Millwall, I think, is going to be really tough. I remember, must have been last season, where we got smashed there 3-0 or something like that. Um, but, so, it's, it's you know, it's a tough, tough game. Um, and uh, so, I guess we'll see how we go in that one. Look, if we can get four points out of the next two games, I think that would put us very close to safety which would be um very good and not something i was expecting a week ago i think that mm. those two performances against Barra and uh and west brom have certainly managed to turn things around but uh thank you for for joining me uh dan no worries and, and thanks as well brad cheers mate no problem and uh thanks everyone for listening in we'll be back next week probably a little bit earlier next week so that we can preview that wigan game and until then come on city You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're Amber and Black till you die.